0: Hey guys! So one of my viewers from Japan sent me an email the other day. He kind of just talked about how he has an autistic daughter. He watches some of my content and it's been very informative for him. And along with this email, he sent me a link to a documentary filmed called Autistic Adults in Japan, where he asked me to give him some of my thoughts on it. I was only two minutes into this video before I realized that this documentary is actually really really interesting and i have so much to say on it and so i was just thinking it would be kind of difficult for me to write all of this in a response to him i feel like i'll just end up writing an essay which I feel like is very laborious, not only for me, but for him to read as well. I want to watch all of it with you guys and live react to it and commentate on it. If you guys enjoy videos like this, please let me know because this is not really something I do often at all. To be honest, I am not on Instagram ever. I can only handle so much social media. So if you need to reach out to me to send future videos, for me to commentate on email is the best way to get to me get comfy get your drink i have my coffee over here yeah let's watch this video together
1: japan may be quite challenging for autistic people because we often communicate with unspoken words in direct expression or social cues As we say, And as a collective society, adapting in a group setting can be highly valued or even necessary a work or school. But of course, every autistic person is different and different experience. So today, let me share the experiences and how they're dealing with their difficulties in this country. Hope you enjoy.
2: 学生生活をしている中 mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> I really resonate with her. I cannot be in a
0: group of people. I don't even think I could handle three people, honestly. Two people at most. I feel like if it's more than two, I tend to melt into the background is how I kind of describe it. It's so difficult for me to keep up with the conversations going on. So much so that I have a hard time knowing how to respond and when to jump in and so basically it ends up looking like i'm just sitting there quietly but in reality all that brain power is going to interpreting and understanding all of the different conversations i just want to say i recently just came back from japan i spent almost 2 weeks there and so i think this is such a perfect time for me to watch this because i myself have so many observations i made on like japanese culture and the difference of that culture versus American culture. So I'm hoping that as I watch this documentary, some of that will naturally come up, but this is just like really stimulating all of my brain juices right now. I love learning about new things. So I'm excited to see how autistic adults in Japan are affected in their own unique individual ways. What are those similarities between the things that they struggle with socially and systematically? compared to me an american person
3: 子供 okay. It's
0: interesting how I feel like from my perspective japanese people are so Respectful of each other, especially compared to American people. I personally love that. You know, when I went to Japan, I always felt like my space was respected. I didn't have to be scared that people would just randomly come up to me and talk and have conversation. Everyone kind of just like keeps to themselves for the most part, but everyone still respects each other from a distance type of a thing. It's interesting to me that. Even with that difference in our culture and how people are socially, it still negatively affects autistic people in a sense where there is still that disconnect between being able to be honest, right? And something that he said that also stuck out to me is being modest is socially valued. I feel like in American culture, it is different in a sense where I feel like we have so many melting pots of different cultures and I feel like because we're not homogenous, there's all these different social characteristics that are valued for different reasons and that makes it almost even more confusing if you think about it for autistic people. There's negatives and positives to both of them, right? It's, I imagine, harder for an American person to socially blend in when there's all these different norms going on in different cultural groups. Different things that are valued in one culture will be devalued in another culture, right? So one thing I could point out right away is in Asian culture, like he said, being modest, being respectful, being more quiet, and not intruding and impeding on other people's space is what is valued. But if you take those same characteristics in, let's say, white spaces, from what I've noticed in my experience, It's not seen as a positive thing because being quiet and keeping to yourself and not being overly nice and warm, I feel like in white spaces and white culture is interpreted as you being cold or as you being almost disrespectful when in reality in a lot of Asian cultures, that is seen as respecting the other person. So I feel like for me, I've had a hard time being able to code switch in and out of all of these different cultures, especially because I was born and raised and still live in California Bay Area. So there's so many different types of people and different values and social norms that I have to keep up with. And it's really hard, whereas I feel like When I was in Japan and whenever I'm in Japan, it's very homogenous in a way where there's this very clear set of rules in which you conduct yourself and everyone conducts themselves to those rules for the most part. And in a weird way, I find that comforting because you know exactly what to expect and you know exactly how you should conduct yourself. But I imagine over a long period of time, it does feel have negative impacts because it could be very limiting to yourself and your own self-expression, your own discovery and exploration of who you are, right? Whereas in America, you technically have a lot more freedom socially to explore who you are and all these different types of characteristics, and you have more freedom to find different spaces in which you can more or less fit into. Um, whereas in Japan I feel like if you don't fit those exact social rules it would be harder for you to fit into society no matter where you go so that's just kind of so far some of my observations I'm not saying it's accurate it's just you know what I'm thinking about
3: so that's, so that's, so far,
4: だった ADHD
1: 本当に息苦くて、みたい <laughs> hmm.
0: Okay. This is interesting because I I noticed that Japanese culture is so efficient, and for me being a tourist there, it was satisfying, right? Because as an autistic person and as a tourist, I like knowing what to expect. I know I like having order and that's not necessarily something you have when you travel. But I feel like for people who live in Japan, right, it does have its negative impacts because it doesn't really leave you much space to make mistakes and be a human because humans are not supposed to be perfect or robotic. I feel like in general, people who work in America don't necessarily prioritize efficiency over everything. And again, there's so many different types of people and cultures here. So different types of people will have different types of work ethic. But that's the thing is there's so many inconsistent, different varying types of people and work ethic and how they conduct themselves in the workplace that it kind of in a way leaves more space to make mistakes and be different. For example, there could be that one person at work that is extremely sociable and is friends with everyone, but they slack off at work objectively and a lot of mistakes happen. But a lot of the times those people don't really get reprimanded and then there's other people who are very strict and have this robotic work ethic where everything has to be perfect and done very efficiently. And again, I feel like it's interesting how these differences can have the positive and negatives. I feel like in Japan, again, how you're supposed to conduct yourself at work is very specific, right? So in a sense, there's no guesswork there and you don't have to interpret. But at the same time, there's this pressure of not being able to make a mistake without someone immediately seeing it and reprimanding you for it and then you feel bad about it when in reality it's human to make mistakes and for the most part it should be okay to make you know small mistakes here and there but even then like you you can't expect yourself or other people to be perfect. I'm wondering if that's going to be a common theme as I continue to watch this is this pressure to be perfect to not have space to be anything else other than these very specific lists of requirements.
5: うまくいかないとか、まあ、歯が良いですし
6: そうですね、ま、2
7: お<笑> で、<笑><笑> <あの、へいシリ>、<笑>
5: 知り<笑> <これを警察の人に甘えていいよとか言われて、笑>
0: それを全部消してきっと人はこれで伝わるのかなっていう言い方を全部考... That's so accurate. I feel like there's so many times where my responses are completely misinterpreted and I have to almost catch up to the mood of the other person and the situation that we're in. There's, for example, many times where I'll have a response that for me is very casual, lighthearted, and there's no negative intent or emotion on my end. And then all of a sudden I see that the other person's very unhappy and frustrated or mad. And then they'll express that to me and then I would just be so surprised and they'll have to explain to me how they interpreted it. And then I have to then be like, holy crap, how did they get that message from my response? And then I have to now calculate, okay, what do I have to say now to um, convey to them that that's not what I meant, but also that's super distressing because I still have to emotionally catch up to where they're at because I was not near there at all. I'm like down here and I have to be like, oh shoot, this is a lot worse than I thought. And then I have to try to like re-communicate what I was trying to say, but in a way that they can understand. And it's not in a way that would make sense to me. And so, you know, that specific miscommunication that they're talking about, I still go through to this day. It's so frustrating and it's so distressing, honestly, like. If if that happens on a bad day for me, I could really quickly go into a shutdown and sometimes even a meltdown, just because that mood shift and being completely lost in where that interaction took its turn and where you're at and how to move on is so intense.
5: <笑><笑><笑> so demo sorry.
6: お陽気かね。<笑>
4: それ
7: 本当<笑>
6: 例えばそのそこでなんでそこでつい、まず
5: 24
3: 変な
7: なんか、やっぱり。<笑>
3: 私は<笑>
8: They not not have with
5: だったら安心して子供を作れるわ。いう風に考え Mm.
0: I relate to this person a lot. I feel like usually in the workplace, I found myself having a difficult time socializing and relating to my coworkers, but having an easier time doing that with my bosses. I'm not saying it's like that every time, but usually it's like that because I feel like with bosses, there's a very clear relationship dynamic and script to follow it's easy to satisfy them because all you have to do is follow the rules and do your job and so as long as you're doing that the relationship between you and your boss should be fine whereas with coworkers, there's a mix of rules because you want to be friends with them and that has nothing to do with work and contradicts with work rules but you also want to be a good coworker. But even then, sometimes that doesn't matter because sometimes coworkers cannot care about your work ethic as long as you're a good friend. And so for me, I've always had a difficult time understanding how to mix those two. And I don't know how to mix the two. So I end up just strictly follow the rules and the script of being at work. But then that becomes very rigid and socially awkward when coworkers have tried to hang out with me or be friends with me. And I didn't know how to... Do that, right? And likewise, I've made the mistake of thinking that if I was a really efficient, good co-worker and I did my job really well, that the people I was working with would automatically like working with me and like me, but that never really translated. It's it's very confusing, so I definitely relate to this person.
5: Yes, oh honest, my okay. God, that's <laughs> totally relatable. Like
0: The few times my coworkers did want to hang out with me, it was just like, I painfully didn't want to. And I feel like when you draw that boundary and you simply say no, people take that really harshly. And then it's difficult because I feel like once you say no, the first few times, people stop trying with you. Why is that a thing? I feel like people shouldn't feel inclined to constantly say yes all the time right people should have the freedom to be like no I don't want to go to lunch with you today or tomorrow or most of the time but that doesn't mean that every time you would say no there's probably some where you would want to go hang out and get lunch but I feel like a lot of the times friendships and relationships have this pressure that you have to constantly be available to the other person <laughs>
1: めっちゃ疲れがっ<笑><笑>
9: ただもま、みたい普通
6: 私
0: That's so true. I feel like this is why research is so important. We have these very stereotyped ideas of what ADHD and autism is. Like she said, the thing about time, someone with ADHD or autism are always late or whatever. I agree with her. I didn't relate to that. I'm on the other end of the spectrum. I'm always very anal about time and very anxious about time. I have to set alarms for everything to make sure that I'm doing something in a certain amount of time and getting somewhere in this perfectly timed way. This is why so many people don't get diagnosed till later, if at all, because they may find these very stereotypical traits unrelatable and they use that to basically tell themselves that they couldn't be autistic or have ADHD, when in reality, being late for things is not, <laughs> is not really a symptom of neurodivergency.
6: So
2: I not それでやっと高校
4: 3
2: 努力不足
6: 178 ぐらいから摂食障害になっ mm. <笑> I
0: don't think people realize how much these social deficits can affect you in very objective ways. It affects your mental health and in turn, it affects your quality of life. All of a sudden you may not be able to pass your classes, for example, or be able to perform at your job effectively and that begins to affect your mental health even more. A lot of autistic people have depression because all of these areas in their life is suffering so much, including our own internal world. And we end up not being able to physically take care of ourselves as a result of the quality of all of these areas in our life going down. All of it gets harder to maintain over time and it's honestly, it's, it's really, really hard. I feel like, especially for autistic people, there's not a pill you can take, there's not even therapy that you could go to that could magically, you know, get you to realize something and make this huge change. It's honestly just your life as a whole. Right? It starts from you and how you show up in every aspect of your life and needing to bring some sort of balance in every aspect and find some sort of system and understanding and all of that that makes sense to you. I noticed that autistic people have dark humor. Like, we say something that is really sad or dark, but we laugh at it. I I noticed that that's such an autistic trait. I wonder why. (laughs) I resonate a lot with
7: that.
4: だった人。それこそもう <laughs> <笑>診断働く
1: あ、<笑><笑> と創業 ちょっとそういう人のうちではちょっと… I started up
10: this company in 2009 because my son was diagnosed uh, with autism spectrum disorder in 2007. At that time, I studied uh, MBA in Northwestern University in Illinois and developing this business model because uh, the employment situation for people with neurodiversity was terrible mm-hmm. at that time. <laughs> so so I, I, think, I, I thought that I, I should do something everyone has difficulties in the workplace, but to people with neurodiversity, barriers or hurdles or the difficulties greater. They cannot understand Mm. the unwritten rules, not good at reading minds of the clients or the supervisors. So those kind of difficulties make them difficult to retaining their job or getting their job. It is advisable to let the employers know their characteristic and condition beforehand. Because after some incidents happen, it is very difficult for employers to understand and accommodate the difficulties. But in Japan, it's kind of difficult mm. to disclose their conditions the or difficulties level. in There's the workplace. all these
0: other things Even as well. though
10: the law, uh, the the government says it's against. Law to discriminate the employees by their condition, but still, you know, many people are afraid getting fired by disclosing their mm-hmm. conditions like a uh, ASD or ADHD. Mm-hmm. So
1: regarding the uh, what kind of you know, misconception or kind of stigma still
10: exists? People with ASD or ADHD cannot perform well. That's misunderstanding or stigma are still exist but it's depending upon the environment or mm-hmm. occupation so if people can find the best way to mm-hmm. accommodate themselves maybe they excel Actually, perform better. yeah perform better than other people that in many cases, individuals with uh, neurodiversity themselves do not understand their mm. characteristic characteristics mm. very well. So we kind of provide many uh, training. Then they understand, okay, this occupation may be suitable for me or this kind of...
0: Yes. I literally just talked about this in my most recent video, and I also inserted clips of Professor Simon Baron Cohen talking about the science behind neurodiverse brains. I feel like he highlighted it so well. Basically, what I was talking about in the video was that a lot of neurodivergent people are so capable of doing so much, but our society doesn't allow for us to do things in the ways that work for us. And therefore, a lot of the times our ability to perform goes down. If anything, sometimes we can't even perform at all. But the thing is, is the professor was talking about how evolutionarily speaking, humans are supposed to have different types of brains, literally, because if you have different ways of doing things, understanding, processing, it makes it more likely for the community or humankind to thrive and survive in nature. If everyone just did the same things the exact same ways and that thing wasn't really efficient, then it would make it easier for us to go extinct or something like that. Whereas if we had more variety, it would allow the community to keep evolving and growing, in general, be healthier and more balanced because there's all these different ways of doing things right but it's so crazy how like the systems in place throughout the world even in different countries is so specific and it's very limiting to neurodivergent individuals it's not necessarily that you can't do something right i feel like a lot of the times we have to try to get that out of our heads We can do A, B, and C. It's just how can we do it? Because it might be impossible or hard for us to do A, B, and C in the ways that we were taught to do it. I feel like a lot of our life is trying to figure out those specific ways and systems that works for us. And that's what basically accommodations are in workspace or in school settings and things like that
10: or this kind of accommodation uh, is helpful for me. Consulting is not enough for them. So so experiencing the situation or the occupation uh, is very important.
11: 発達<笑> こんな 1回とか 人間月え、友達
8: 今年
11: 15年とか家を たこと あの、<笑><笑>
12: This
0: is such a common experience I am starting to really realize is how lost parents feel when they discover their child or their children has autism because there's just not a sufficient amount of resources for the child, let alone the parents, to learn about what the autism means, what to do about it, how to get help, what help is even available. And that's also to mention that the help available is usually not even really helpful. And so that's like a whole other conversation. It's nice to see a lot of the parents still, despite all of these barriers, trying to navigate the world and in their own ways do more for the community by trying to do more for their children. It's just so beautiful to see these people take on even more responsibility because they care about their kids so much. As I say that out loud, it honestly like really warms my heart to know that the few people within our community that have all of these adversities are doing something about it and in the ways that they can to make a
12: difference。見直して、ま、でもずっと勉強 じゃないまた
2: I have students who I suspect have some kind of mental disability or learning disability. Sometimes I want to supplement the lesson to help them if they're having a hard time or something like that and I'll ask the teachers you know, is there anything I can do? And sometimes they just say like Oh, she's fine. She's just a lazy student. We're just told Oh, she's shy or something like that. But I don't always think that she's just shy. I think there's something more going on but their parents don't want to say they have something or the teachers don't want to say Mm. they have something because it will be perceived as there being something wrong with them. But it is a little frustrating because, Mm. because since I don't know that information,
0: this is a really good conversation because this goes to show that it's not necessarily the individual's fault, whether that's the parent, whether that's the child, whether that's the teacher, whether that's the ABA therapist, you know, whatever it is, it's, the system's fault and the research that we have access to is not up to date, right? And so there's not really resources and ways in which people can help autistics or autistics to get help, even if that desire is there. And I think that's why there's so many parents like her that are trying to create these ways to help neurodiverse people, right?
2: It's more difficult for
12: me to help と 7割 うちしても
0: Um. See, that is a topic in and of itself that I feel like is not really explored. I don't think there's research to back this theory up of mine, but I kind of suspect that there is a lot more autistic people or neurodiverse people than we may think. I feel like before our conception of autism is that it's just this rare thing and autistic people are just kind of part of the forgotten population of, okay, they're just autistic and they're gonna go live in their own little corner of the world. But I feel like we're coming into a day and age where as more and more people are getting diagnosed, more and more people that were in this gray area, I'm hoping that we can come to realize through the changing statistics and the changing research that, Autism is actually so much more common than we think. So in a way, what are the ways that we can actually change systems to integrate autistic people better? And in that sense, how can we begin to shift our ideas of who an autistic person is? Is it really a disability or is it just a different way of processing and a different way of operating because your brain is, is not a neurotypical brain, right? I would not be surprised. I honestly wouldn't be surprised if, let's say like years and years from now, we get to a point where half the population on earth is somewhat on the spectrum and autistic. If not half, like a high number, you know?
12: とし<笑><笑> 頑張ればできることも多いんですよできない子だって思いながら育っていくので It's hard because
2: I, I can see that they're struggling and I want to help them But sometimes I'm afraid to offer to treat them differently Because they won't like the attention or something
12: We
10: have to understand deeply about their difference and the difficulties of their condition and uh, helping them leverage their talents. Getting a job is just one step to feel proud of themselves. Our ultimate goal is helping them to feel that okay, I, I am happy mm-hmm. because I have this condition. So that kind of uh, being mm-hmm. proud is uh, our goal of this company. Mm-hmm. Basically,
1: improving the self confidence. Yes, self confidence. Yeah. you 自分でやらない。まあ一応僕が会社の代表としてやらせていただいていて、スタッフが何人かいるんですけども。
3: ま、<笑>
0: That's so true. I feel like a lot of autistic people kind of try to assimilate ourselves by throwing ourselves into the very thing that we're not good at to try to get good at it. But in reality, we end up jeopardizing our own health in doing so and our own well-being. And I think a big part of that latter half of your life where you have that realization is being able to finally funnel your time, energy, and effort into things that you actually are good at and comes naturally to you. I feel like that is a beautiful journey to be on, even though it's hard to realize that you had suffered so much previously to
6: basically
2: be something you were never supposed to be。いること <笑>
8: なんか人も多い<笑>
3: 障害
0: Okay. I totally agree with him. If you're a parent of an autistic child, it's not necessarily being overprotective, but more so about being a lot more active in guiding and being there for your child and being on that journey with your child. Because of how our world is set up in the societies that we're in, your child, if they're autistic, just doesn't have the luxury of being able to kind of jump headfirst into the world and being able to thrive and operate smoothly there. So, But that also doesn't mean they can't do it either. It just means that you, as a parent, have the responsibility to have to continuously help understand how you could better integrate your child into society in a way that feels good to them. And that whole process is still not set in stone everyone's going to have a different process with that and that's for you to figure out right but it's doable. It's just trying to figure out how you want to live your life and fit into society and in what ways do you want to do that.
3: 私が
9: 力を 20年 て
1: 僕も these
0: people are doing
1: amazing things. I love it. Mm, this is
7: so inspirational. Mm-hmm. She's
0: totally correct. There's not enough resources for autistic adults. There's very little resources for kids and parents, but even less so for autistic adults. I keep saying it, but it's beautiful seeing what these people are doing out of the struggles they are born with.
7: って<笑>
6: 女性<笑><笑><笑>
1: 辛い He is such
0: beautiful energy. I love his energy. Anyways, I thoroughly enjoyed that documentary. It was beautiful, it was educational, it was uplifting, it was enlightening. It had a lot of very important conversations interlaced in there. I feel like that documentary was almost more so for an autistic audience than anyone else because it was more so about, yes, what we're struggling with, but what can we do about it with what we have access to now the truth is is that we may not have access to a lot right now but that doesn't also mean that you can't do something about your struggles there's still things that we can do in our lives to keep moving forward and live a fulfilling life and it's beautiful to see everyone within the community whether they're autistic themselves or whether they're related to an autistic individual you know truly utilize their time and energy to make a difference in the world and for us in the future autistic generation. I hope that this documentary film impacted you guys as much as it did to me. If you have anything you want to share, join the discussion in the comment section down below. Go click on that documentary film and give that video a like, share it with your loved ones. Subasa really did an amazing job at putting it together. But yes, thank you guys for watching, and I will see you on next week's video. Bye, guys.